What it do, baby? We are back with another new episode of the Patty Mount Boys NBA pod. I am Matt Edland, and with me as always is fellow microphone boy, fellow Patty Mount boy, Ben Ryder. Ben, I just have one thing to say to start us off. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. I love Here it. Here we go. Uh, we're, I'm going to explain that uh, yeah, Mike thing in a little bit. It's going to be, we have, I think, an array of like seven or eight yeah, Mike memes that we're going to put as our Instagram uh, post this week. So it's going great. Usually, I'm sure people have caught on to this by now. Usually, unless something big happens or unless we have a fire idea like the sweet life of Zach and Kobe last year that that our boy uh, Joe Wig helped us out with. Um, usually, I go with whatever episode number this is we put up a preferably a Nuggets player or some usually old school NBA player with that number jersey. I looked up Nuggets number 26 today because I couldn't think of any. No Nuggets in the history of the team have worn the number 26. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go with the yeah Mike meme, uh, throw <laughs> a bunch up there, and hopefully people <laughs> like them. Uh, we'll explain that in a little bit when we're talking about MPJ. But Ben, the Nuggets have won four straight games, eight out of their last 11, and they've improved their record to 10 and seven on the season. They're also back in the top four of the Western Conference playoff seeding. So Ben, we're back on our shit. We, I don't think we ever really lost uh, confidence that we thought, I think the last episode we both said, I think the Nuggets are going to be a top four seed. We 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 backed off of our number one seed and there's a lot of season obviously left, but as of now, as it stands, we we're in the four seed. We took over uh, the fourth spot from the Blazers. I feel like, listen, they're a division rival, but I kind of feel bad for the Blazers. Uh, Nurkic is hurt again. CJ McCollum's hurt again. I feel like they're going to probably fall out of the playoff race again. Maybe they'll make another push towards the end of the season. Uh, but how are you feeling after all this? I, I, I know how you feel. Tell everybody else how you feel. I feel like, yeah, Mike. Uh yeah. No, but I mean, your point about uh, them being top four and us calling it, like um, I was going to make the same point um, because I think we both felt like, you know, like they were struggling. They're probably going to continue to struggle. I mean, I think they're going to have some issues um, as well, but look like they got MPJ back. It turns out having your third best player back uh, helps yeah. a lot. And, uh, you know, some of these games are pretty close, but their scoring differential has has shown kind of throughout the season so far that they should have been kind of a better team than they thought. And like all along, like, I don't know if this, if they're sort of like down streak had happened, like, you know, let's say in March, yeah. I don't know that we'd have cared that much. It was just, they started off the season that way. And so, you know, that's all that was up on the standings and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and Jokic was killing it all the way around or the whole time. So you knew he was going to be there. Like Murray was kind of up and down. Um, Gary Harris was very down, but he's showing signs of life. So like, I don't know, like, I mean, should I be too optimistic? Probably not, but I'm feeling very good. Um, we live in the moment, Ben. Yeah. We survived like some tough times and, uh, we're, we're doing great now. Um, and uh, I mean, I think this team's going to continue to grow to grow together. And so like, it's all, we're just saying how sunny it is in Denver. It's yeah. uh, it's all sunny in Denver now. Yep. Yep. It's always sunny in Denver, 300 days a year. Um, they do have two more. Ga- so they're three and zero on their current road trip. Uh, they have two more games on the road trip. So they played in Dallas last night. Then they fly to Miami. 
to play Wednesday. Then they fly back to Texas. I feel like the scheduling, uh, the schedule makers there kind of effed up. But anyway, we play San Antonio on Friday. Miami is up next. Miami's kind of struggling this year. Hopefully we can kind of capitalize on that. San Antonio is always a tough uh, game, a tough win, especially in San Antonio, um, no matter what kind of talent they have on their team. They're playing fairly well this year. I do have some bad news, Ben. Jokic is no longer averaging a triple-double. The assists have been a little down the last few games, but his scoring and his rebounds uh, have still been phenomenal. Rebounds way up. Yeah, rebounds way up. Uh, He had a 29-22 and game uh, Friday night, I believe, against the Suns. Saturday night in their second game against the Suns. Uh, But Jokic does continue his phenomenal MVP-like season. He is averaging now 25 points, 12 rebounds, and nine assists with 1.9 steals per game to boot. That is uh, fourth in the league. I just looked it up today. Um, I do actually think now in the national media, there's some momentum. Are you kind of see, Are you kind of hearing the same things with his MVP case here? It kind of feels like, and maybe it's because they're winning now. We we talked last week as well. I think the Nuggets have to be a top four seed uh, for his MVP chances to be. Uh, legitimate even though yeah. his numbers would have been the same if they were six or seven but is that maybe why we're hearing more about Jokic maybe um I think some of like the the better beat writers though were on it right away I heard Zach Lowe's um, always on it yeah our friend and our friend I call him our friend even though uh I think maybe we just waved at him at summer league but our friend uh, from the Washington Post Ben Golliver he nice. said on a pod just y- yesterday that uh, end a game situation right now he would rather have Jokic over Kawhi Kawhi Leonard um Fuck. I mean and, uh, so like I, I don't know I mean like I think you know like the people that know have always seen Jokic as a top 10 NBA player and everybody's always kind of thought he could do maybe a little bit more maybe if he gets in better shape and stuff and uh like he just came out of the the gates firing this year and yeah I think I think you're right that now that they're winning, because they're going to have to be a successful team for him to be, I think, a top three name in that discussion. So, yeah, yeah maybe the recent win streak has kind of vaulted him up there. But I think he's he's right there with Luca, um, Donovan yeah. Mitchell. Y- you mentioned him. I want to um, talk about him. Yeah, he's right there with those guys, in my opinion. I think LeBron's up there, too, because he's always going to be. He's insane. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Uh, man. Um He's kind of cheesy sometimes, of course, on Instagram and stuff like that, but he's a beast. Uh, you, I like that you mentioned Ben Golliver. I need to uh, listen to that. I have not listened to that podcast in a couple of weeks, but I like that you mentioned him because it seems like, okay, there are some smart people out there and the smart people don't. First off, Jokic passes the eye test. I think I you hear Ben Simmons or uh, Bill Simmons talking all the time about who passes the eye test. And I can kind of see how Jokic didn't the first few years in the league. He was pretty skinny uh, year one, but then he, you know, he's always been one of those guys that his weight is always a topic. He's kind of ripped now. He hasn't he's lost dunking a lot. He, he, I have right here. Jokic leads the team in dunks with 10. Uh, he only had 15 all last season in 72 games. I mean, he's they've only played pull ups on the rim, Matt. <laughs> That's like a regular thing for him to do now. <laughs> And listen, Ben, it's a lot easier to do a pull-up when you have that momentum, but I guarantee this guy can do pull-ups on the regular. Um, he just passes the eye test now. And then guys like Ben Golliver, like he's saying, he would take 
Jokic over anybody in a final final shot scenario. He's just looking at statistics. I don't have the numbers in front of me, as all of our listeners know. But Jokic, Jokic is number one, like percentage wise, in shots taken in clutch situations. Percentage wise, I think he hits like forty five to fifty percent of shots in the clutch. And there are players that you kind of feel like are more clutch than him because they're hitting like pull up threes or like step yeah. back threes or something. And I get that. But if you look at guys' percentages compared to Jokic, there aren't even really that many people close to how good he is in the clutch. So um, that that definitely speaks to MVP candidacy in my mind as well. We could talk about Jokic all day. Um, I want to get back to MPJ. You had said, of course, the Nuggets are playing better. He's only been back three games, um, but he's progressed nicely that first game. He didn't play a lot. Um, he had 14 and 11 in the second game against Phoenix this last weekend. And last night in the win over Dallas, MPJ poured in 30 points and had eight rebounds, six of 10 from three-point range. He just adds so much to this team. And uh, we discussed before the season started, I know this is kind of a cop-out to say because I want the Nuggets to be the best they can be. But this year, if they can figure out how to gel with MPJ, if they can get to the second round, even if they don't get back to the Western Conference Finals, if they figure out how MPJ fits, I think it's a successful year. And I'm, yeah. I know that's a cop-out because, uh, you know, it sounds like I'm making excuses already for if they don't, you know, do as well as they did last year. But it's, it's just true. With They're a good team without him. Uh, but they're a contender going forward for years to come um, if they if if MPJ meshes well with this team. For sure. I mean, so Murray got ejected last night. Um, yeah, uh, hit, the- <laughs> hit Tim, Hunt, Tim Hardaway Jr. in the nards on, on purpose, it seems. <laughs> it seems. You can't do that. <laughs> Apparently you get an ejection for that these days. NBA has gone soft. I feel like as the TNT guys would say, Oh, we're um, going to talk exactly about that in a little that's bit. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like, so like yesterday, or, yeah, yesterday was a game kind of where it was like it in the past, if Murray goes out, it's like, okay, Jokic is going to just have to carry this team and hopefully like Gary Harris or Will Barton gets hot. Otherwise, yep. like, cause they were in a dog fight at that time. Like, otherwise, like this game's lost. And uh, you have Porter dropping in 30 points, like, yeah, six of 10 on threes, like, honestly, like looking kind of effortless in the parts I saw of it. And also, like, he seems just in these, like, last two games, like he's having a lot of fun. And not just like having fun, like, like, he always has fun when he's scoring and stuff. But there's a play, I can't remember if it was last night or the Phoenix game. It must have been last night. Jermichael Green kind of had a put or Jokic had a shot and then uh, Jermichael like put it back in and then he tried to tip it in and Jermichael got fouled and like MPJ comes up like laughing and joking with Jermichael about it and stuff. And I feel like I hadn't really seen that from him before. Yeah. Um, Like he seemed kind of always very into like his own game and like having fun on his own kind of. And so like, I don't know, I'm starting to sense like a gelling with this team. I think it's a really good sign. I think they love him. I mean, part of the yeah, Mike thing comes from the bubble when he he had a great game. Uh, we'll just tell the story now. He had a great game. Uh, people, he got uh, uh, some water dumped on him, you know, in the locker room and the whole, everybody was yelling, yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike. Well, same playoffs as you guys, as everybody knows, there was game five or six against the Clippers. 
I think they were still up like two or something like that. Right, Ben. And with like 10 seconds, eight seconds left on the shot clock, plenty of time. Lou Williams in his face, like Lou Williams is a small guy. MPJ is a tall guy, easily rolls over him. But with Lou Williams in his face, plenty of time on the shot clock. MPJ rises up, nails a three pointer. I mean, I think there was maybe like 40 seconds left or something like that. Um, So after the game, a reporter asked him what made him take that shot. And he said, let me see. He said, I have it right here. Uh, Doesn't matter. He said something basically about uh, something told me to shoot it. And then Eric Weedham, D-Line Co. from DNVR Sports here in Denver, made a meme of basically a uh, ghost Mike yelling at real Mike after he'd hit that shot, yelling, yeah, Mike, in his ear. So now yesterday this meme just blew up. And uh, we already mentioned it. Uh, our listeners are going to see a bunch on our Instagram page, but it's it's great that the Nuggets community has kind of rallied around that, I think. And last night was a lot of fun. I think it started with basically that one meme, the original meme, and then it kind of blew up to like 10 different memes last night. And I do want to say, by all accounts, MPJ's defense has also been looking really good. Uh, fingers crossed this continues but he seems to be putting in the effort. He had a really great quote. I forgot to write it down here uh, after Saturday night's double OT win in Phoenix, basically about, I don't know if he's taking shots at anybody. I don't think he was, but uh, we can all kind of feel, feel like he was taking shots at certain people when he said this, he basically said he doesn't want to be like the uh, scoring champ in the league. He doesn't want to be a one dimensional player. He wants to be well-rounded and he wants to win championships. He's not here to score. He's here to win. That's music to my ears, Ben. Yeah, no, for sure. Like you're right about the D2. Is it is it perfect yet? It's a long ways from perfect, but like yeah. he's like actually like kind of becoming like he's putting himself now in the right spots to make plays and stuff. Yeah. Um, Scott Hastings is definitely giving him a lot more props. And I feel like Scott Hastings never did before. So yeah. uh so yeah, no, it's uh, it's a very positive sign. Honestly, more positive, like. Then, I mean, the Phoenix game for big wins, I think, but like just like having him back and like seeing how he's playing, I think, you know, for the long term future, the Nuggets is is the best sign. Yeah, it's a really good sign for their long term future. A really good sign for this year's prospects, Ben, is Gary Harris back. He has hit a three pointer in each of the last nine games now. And over that span, he is 20 of 41 from three point range. I think anywhere but corner threes, he is really, really struggling. I think he's hit maybe three or four all year from anywhere but the corners, but he mostly shoots those corner threes. And like I said, over the last nine games, 20 of 41, for me, it feels like Gary's defense is always a positive. Um, But when he's knocking down these corner threes, like he has been, and when he's moving, when he's cutting, when he's finishing around the rim, it's when he's at his best, that's all the nuggets need him to be. And I just feel like he's the perfect compliment when he's playing this way. Uh, it's been really good to see because I love Gary Harris. Yeah, his defense too. I almost feel like um, because he hasn't been playing as well on offense, like he's kind of t- turned up his defense to compensate. So Add his value, defense yeah. has been great this year. I mean, I really hope this is like a sign of life. He He has been like hitting some shots and stuff. So I really hope this is a sign of life. Because, I mean, I was just thinking about this morning, Matt. This guy's been around the Nuggets for a while now. Um, I think with yeah. with Jokic, right, he's the longest tenured Nugget. He is, um, yeah. So it would be fun to, you know, see him stay 
see him like kind of get back to like where he's been at his peak um, on a really good Nuggets team again. I would love for him to stay. There's always trade rumors around him. There were kind of some sad rumors earlier in the season that the Nuggets were trying to find a trade partner and nobody wanted him. I imagine that's a little different now, but now I don't think, you know, I'm sure the Nuggets would still be open. He's he's easily one of the more tradable players on the team still uh, because of his, you know, if he's adding value on the court, obviously he's going to have value for other teams, but he also has a good contract at $20 million. It's good for trade purposes. Uh, it's a little, it's a little bit overpaid for being, you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth best player on the team. Uh, quick on Monte, steady as she goes. I mean, Monte's just steady. Barton and Millsap, they've been struggling. Millsap. Have you, uh, have you seen the new uh, Monte um, nickname? Yes, but I want you to tell everybody. <laughs> okay. The uh, Count of Monte Assisto. Assisto. Assist yeah. to turnover ratio. Yeah, man, he is, what's it at now? Like nine to one, 10 to one? I, at one point last week, he was he had an 11 to one turnover ratio and he was second in the league. I couldn't imagine that that was true. Who's better than him? I feel uh, like Tyus Jones was always the guy that was like competing with Monte the last couple of years, but I don't know that it's Tyus Jones this year. Do you have that info? I am looking for it. So right now they have him at 5.5. Ooh, he must add a couple turnovers. Yep, he only averages like three assists per game. So there's yeah. a lot of games where he has zero turnovers, obviously. But yeah. Monte Monte plays those clutch minutes now. He I think against in both of the or maybe even the last three fourth quarters, the two games against Phoenix, which each went into overtimes, uh, the game last night against Dallas. I read today Monte has been on the court the entire time for every single fourth quarter. I think he no wait, sorry. Uh I think he sat for like 30 seconds last night and like 20 seconds combined in the first mm. two games against Phoenix. It doesn't matter. I, he's, he's one of our closers and I think he's definitely earned that. He did have two turnovers yesterday, six assists, oh but God. two turnovers. Oh so. my God. Falling apart. What is he doing out there? So real quick, Millsap and Barton have been struggling. Uh, they're two of the older guys on the team. Millsap 36, 37. Uh, Barton's still in his uh, his uh, you know young mid or uh, early thirties, but he's still one of the older guys on the team. He's also coming back from an injury that kept him out of the bubble. Um, I don't know. They just need some rest, don't they? Is this maybe a situation where you've already won the first three games of the road trip? Uh, sit these guys some. Start Jamichael Green. I think it's definitely the situation with Millsap, especially with how well like Jamichael Green's played. Um, like this is a marathon for Millsap. Like he, he started out the year pretty good. So like, yeah, I think he, I mean, I would be totally fine. Like with him playing like two out of three games or two out of three games. Like I just don't like, he's a proven guy. Like we just need him when we need him. And I have like, no doubt, like if he's properly rested and healthy, he like can come in and do that. Will Barton, man, I don't know. Like, because he's not, I mean, he's 30. I mean, yeah, he's coming off some injuries, but he looked pretty spry early on in the season. So I don't know what's going on with him. I think it's, it's going to bring up like that conversation we've had over and over again of like, 
Will Bart and MPJ starting. And like, I know Will wants to be in there, but like, man, MPJ just brings the team to another level. I feel like. Yeah. Will wants to be, but you know, MPJ has got to be, that's just the way it's going to be. I don't see any way around it by, I'm sure it'll happen sooner rather than later, but at the end of the year, there's no way in hell Barton starting over MPJ. There's just no way. I think I think Barton brings a lot off the bench. We've talked about this. He's a creator. He's a really good scorer. He did have a really good game in that first Phoenix game from last weekend. Um, but yeah, he, I think he, I don't know if it's rest. I have, I have a trade prospect for him later that we'll mention, but I'll wait for our NBA maintenance he's portion not, to, to say that. He's not playing a ton of minutes despite starting, you know, he had 26 yeah. for his Dallas 21 in that second Phoenix game. 33 in the first, but those were OT games. Yeah, you know, that's true, especially 26, that 21. So, yeah. 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 Uh, you mentioned it already a little bit. Jamichael Green, if we need to rest Millsap, which we might as well, um, he's going to be able to step in easily and start. He's been really, really good. Um, he's essentially playing that Millsap role for the team. He's getting good minutes. I'd say probably not, st- well, definitely not starter minutes. He's averaging 21 minutes on the game but he's averaging 11.2 points and 6.5 rebounds on those 21 minutes. He's also shooting 47% from three on nearly five attempts per game. That's really, really efficient. He's a stud. He's really good defensively. He's a great energy guy. He's tough as shit. Um, And he's no spring chicken, but he's also only 30. I think he fits the timeline, even though he's a little older than the core of this team, he could be effective for another three, four, five years. Um, and if he's taking care of his body like LeBron is for another 20. Yeah. You know, I think there's been comments out there between the two, but he's also just learned to play with Jokic like really well already. Yeah. And I think they've said stuff about each other, like wanting to play together more and stuff. Yeah. I've but got a quote here from Jokic. It up. He's picked it up like really well. And you know what? there's I don't think it's any coincidence a lot of people were really shitting on the bench for the Nuggets when they were struggling earlier in the year when did the Nuggets get good sure MPJ like we said has a lot to do with it when MPJ is on this team is legit but they really started to turn it around once they got their bench hole and their bench became whole when Jamichael came back from his injury he didn't start playing until the fifth or sixth game of the year Um, like I said he's just he's super efficient I will say Green loves Jokic, but I have I have a quote here, one of the ones that you're referring to, a quote from Jokic after a game last week. Jokic said, Jamichael is a guy that I would like to play with him for the rest of my life. He's amazing. His effort, his energy, his toughness. And I have another quote that I thought was hilarious. Uh, this is a fire quote from MPJ after last night's victory in Dallas. He said, he's way better than I thought he was. <laughs> I I love that so much. That's great. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he is really good. Um, so uh, you you kind of mentioned it as I already mentioned, but do you think there's a little bit of a, of a, I don't even think it's really a controversy. I already mentioned that the bench is really good with Jamichael on it. I kind of think that's where he should stay for the year. He's going to play more minutes than Millsap. And he said before the season started to Michael Green, I mean, that he doesn't care about starting or coming off the bench. He just wants to get minutes and contribute. That's what he's doing right now. Um, I think Millsap, when he's playing, should start. Uh, I just think that that's kind of – he's valuable in his own ways. He's an efficient three-point shooter. He's a good defender. He's a good leader. I think Jamichael's all those same things. But right now he's really gelling with the bench 
And he's also playing plenty of starting minutes with Jokic and Murray and guys like that. Yeah. I mean, and he, Jamichael just doesn't have a starting expectation, right? Like he played on that Clippers team last year. So, I mean, I think he's, he's probably okay coming off the bench, you know, and sort of doing his thing. And like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, you know, start Millsap when he's playing, play him, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game, play, you know, Jamichael, little bit more than that um but just bring yeah. him off the bench I, I kind of feel like that's a situation that unlike the barton mpj situation is like both guys are kind of just like cool where they're at i think so too because i think Millsap said something similar to what green said at the beginning of the year i don't think he signed a 10-year or a one-year 10 million dollar contract like with a guarantee that he'd be a starter um i think he's open to coming off the bench if he needed to but I don't know. We'll see. It's exciting. I feel like the Nuggets are finally turning it around. And uh, we're going to move on to Shaq and Donovan Mitchell. Ben, I'm assuming you've seen the video. I know you know what we're talking about. You've seen the video. Um, Basically, it was uh, Shaq telling Mitchell that uh, Mitchell's one of his favorite players right now, but he ain't shit. That he doesn't have what it takes to get to the next level. Um, He said, I said it on purpose. Oh, wait, I wanted to do my Shaq impression here. Yeah, he said, he said, "Was up, was up, Spider Shack." I said tonight, "You're one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level." I said it on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? And then Spider basically, <laughs> was, yeah, that's not bad, right? <laughs> we'll see how it sounds on the microphone. <laughs> uh, and then Spider basically just said, "All right, I've been hearing that since my rookie year. I'm just going to continue to get better." This kind of started another debate. It's not a new debate, but it started a new round about this last generation of superstars and how they always seem to hate on the new generation. Um, It's extremely true. They do it all the time. It doesn't seem like they can kind of wrap their heads around the new generation's talent uh, that, you know, the level of softness that they claim is in the league. Ben, you mentioned you, you just want players to be able to punch other guys in the nuts (laughs) like they used to back in the the 90s days. Yeah. Um, But, you know, and they're always saying, like, these guys could never compete against our generation. We'd wipe all these teams, you know, we'd we'd wipe the floor with them, all that stuff. Um, Ignore the fact that these guys are just playing the way they've been taught and, you know, how the game has been changed on the edges. Like, like it's not their fault at all. Whether you bring it back to AAU ball and the rule changes that these guys have had no control over, like the hand-checking stuff that used to go on. The players didn't change the rule. The league did. So like I don't I don't really get the hate that they're always getting. I think it also relates to life in general. Everybody always thinks that the next generation isn't as great as yours. And I have here like a businessman with their who every day had their three martini lunches and sexually harassed their secretaries every day. I think business was done better back when they were able to do all that stuff. Uh, grandparents and parents think the music they grew up with was better. Uh, you know, they all think that th- that movies like Blazing Saddles and Airplane were the peaks of comedy. And we're going to think the same thing, I'm sure, about our generation of music and movies and all that stuff. But what was Shaq trying to do here? I, I have written down. He said this to Donovan Mitchell after Donovan dropped 36, 7 and 5 and the Jazz won their seventh straight game. The Jazz are currently third place in the league, and I think Donovan Mitchell is an MVP candidate. And I think Donovan Mitchell's proved himself in the playoffs every year. I, I mean, what do you think Shaq's trying to do here? Just ruffle feathers? He kind of said it like, oh, you know, I wanted you to hear it. Like, I'm trying to motivate you. 
It's like you can yeah. you can back off with that shit. I mean, it's such a you. weird <laughs> weird thing to say, right? Especially after a guy has just had a great game, a game they won too. Like comes yeah. on your show, seventh straight just, victory. Yeah, just to like come at him like that is just a very weird thing. And I honestly felt bad for Don Mitchell because he was sitting there ready to get interviewed. Yeah, and then he just has like Shaq like coming up in his grill. I think the you know the uh inside the nba guys like sometimes they are especially like uh shack and charles uh they're just kind of out there to say stuff for um, sure and I, I and to kind of ruffle feathers and get people's ire up i mean i think chuck does it more just with teams saying oh t- that team's fake that team's not a contender and stuff yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard, right? I like inside the NBA. I think I liked it probably a little bit better when Shaq wasn't on there. But sometimes, like, you know, uh somebody was saying like they don't know like a lot of the guys in the league. I can't remember which it was Christian one the, Wood. They didn't know who Christian Wood was, yeah. you know, and he's like the Rockets best player. And right Christian now. Wood called Shaq a casual. <laughs> oh, you're a casual. <laughs> Very fair. Pretty true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I don't know. But they do do like kind of a good job of like like you know talking they're entertaining yeah they they make like and it's also like very fun right like when the nuggets were bad for a while and then like they got Jokic and like those first times like they were back on tnt and like yeah they they are talking him up and stuff like that's very exciting like i still get excited when they're like oh yeah Jokic, like this guy could be an mvp like nuggets are for real and stuff like those are exciting things and so like I don't know. I just, I wish kind of like they would do that and like it would be like less personal and less of a comparison. Like, I don't even mind them being like, oh, it's this league is like, it used to be tougher and stuff like that. I just wish they like, they wouldn't go to that trope so often, you know? It's just like, I've, come on, appreciate like what's in front of you. Cause like, you know, uh, you said we're going to do it, but like, I mean, I think we're living in like the best basketball era ever as far as like the talent. The talent in the league is insane. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have like a strong take, like what they should do or anything like that, but it is kind of just like a, it's just a weird thing. And you just wish they could kind of get away from like that, like comparison over and over again. The comparisons get old. And like you were kind of saying, you, you wish that they'd kind of talk up the players and the way they play as opposed to talk down on them. I actually heard that criticism a couple times since Shaq did this, uh, basically about like comparing it to the NFL. I think the NFL does a lot of stuff wrong, obviously. Um, (laughs) But one thing I think they do right. And one thing I've, and I didn't have this opinion before, but I've, I've heard on a couple podcasts since this whole thing happened with, with Shaq and Donovan Mitchell, the NFL does a really good job of promoting their prod, their product. And I think like the style of play too. And they, the, the particular, I was listening to the real ones podcast on the ringer with um, Logan Murdoch and Raja Bell. And they're basically saying a guy like Chris Collinsworth, when he's doing the games, he's constantly giving credit to these guys. Like, Oh, what a throw. Did you see that? So like when he's, when he's looking and analyzing a guy like Patrick Mahomes who makes a sidearm throw, Maybe that's a little flashy, but guess what? It was creative as hell and he completed the pass. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we complaining about here? And I think that actually a lot of the 
co- the uh, color commentators do a really good job. I think Jeff Van Gundy, maybe, I don't even think he criticizes players a lot. He might just be kind of the curmudgeon type one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think the in-game commentators do a pretty good job of like uh, being like fascinated and being intrigued by the talent that's out on the court. But I think a lot of these guys who are just there to, like you said, just kind of entertain people like Shaq. Uh, and I'll, I'm with you. I like the show. I think this was effed up of Shaq to do because Donovan Mitchell, he looked like he was ready to just have a nice fluff interview. I dropped 36. We won seven straight games. We're feeling mm-hmm. good. He looked so happy at the beginning of that interview. And then Shaq just like shut him down. And I, I don't like it. I do want to talk real quick about Mitchell's MVP candidacy. He's averaging 24 points and five assists with shooting splits of 44, 41, and 84. And the Jazz are currently the three seed in the West. When I look at those numbers, I do think that his overall shooting percentage, 44%, probably should be better. Um, But he's got to be a top five MVP candidate right now, if not higher at, at this moment. I think if the Jazz, similar to Jokic, if the Jazz can keep this up, he should be he should be in that conversation. I don't think I've heard a single person talk about it. I haven't, maybe you have, I didn't listen to that Ben Gulliver, you know, podcast like you did. And I think certainly if the, if the two teams are top four seeds, uh, certainly Jokic is more of an MVP than Donovan Mitchell is, but the jazz wouldn't be shit without Mitchell. And yeah. that's kind of the definition of MVP. And he's putting up really good numbers this year. Well, I feel like the comparison to make, right, is to Luca. Um, yeah. Who does, call. like, look, carries a huge load, maybe a bigger load than Mitchell does for the Mavericks. But the Mavericks are sitting below 500 right now. Um, they're like 10th in the West right now. That's a good point. Yeah. And it's like Luca gets a lot of MVP buzz, as I think is deserved, although not if like the Mavericks are going to sit down there near the 10 seed. But yeah, yeah, like, I mean, Donovan Mitchell carries a huge load for the Jazz. Like, he had a phenomenal, like, I know it's last year, so it it doesn't count for this year, but, like, he's a phenomenal player. He showed it in the playoffs last year with that duel with Murray, Um, and that was when they didn't have uh, Bogdanovich, I believe. And so, like, he can carry a very big load. I mean, I hate... I hate it, Matt. I hate to give the Jazz any credit. I said we don't um, have to give the Jazz credit. <laughs> okay, but I think you're right. Like, I mean, he should be like right now. I think he should probably be like a top three candidate. I think those are the three, unless you want to. Obviously, I think throw LeBron in there anywhere yeah. you want him. So, like top four, though, right? Yeah, I and mean, we I haven't mentioned anybody from the East. Joel Embiid, KD, I know, is dominating. If yeah, he wasn't KD's, hurt, right? Yeah. Like if he KD's wasn't resting too many often, games. Yeah. So yeah, but, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of good players out there, but right now, I just think I haven't heard his name be mentioned. And when I see like what the Jazz are doing and the numbers he's putting up, and by the way, that 44 percent uh, field goal percentage, he's a high usage player. The yeah. guys that are used as much as him, like they're that's not a shock that he's shooting 44%. It's not even that bad of a number. Um, yeah. That's really the only negative that stood out to me. And it's not even much of a negative. So, I mean, the of, other thing about him just from a fan's perspective is he is very fun to watch. Like, yeah, he is. That's what's weird about Shaq's comments. Cause he's he, like, he's Shaq said, he's one of his favorite players, <laughs> Awesome, <laughs> but he, but he I'd hate to see how takes. he talks to the players. He like, doesn't like watching. I like, know. You know, oh, like Rudy Christian Gobert? Or, yeah, Rudy. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. That would have been interesting if Rudy Gobert was the one on the show. I'm sure he wouldn't have. Ah, maybe he would have come on. Rudy seems like kind of a an antagonist sometimes, so who knows? For sure. So let's get to this uh, NBA All-Star Game news that came out yesterday, Ben. Apparently, the game might be back on. The league and the Players Association have been discussing the possibility of playing the All-Star Game in Atlanta on March 7th, with the league taking its All-Star break this year from March 5th through the 10th. Originally, because of COVID, the game and the other All-Star festivities were called off. The extra festivities would still be off in this scenario, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but TNT would be airing the game, as always. And that kind of makes sense because they wouldn't have to travel. Um, it was originally supposed to be in Indianapolis this year, but that got moved to 2024. With Atlanta studio, or the uh, TNT studios being in Atlanta, um, that kind of makes sense for location if you're going to actually play the game now. So... Chris Paul, who is the president of the Players Association, is apparently a huge proponent of all of this, and the game would also showcase and benefit historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, and COVID relief funds. Ben, I think this idea, since I've seen it, I think it's cool to have an all-star game. I want to see Jokic play. Uh, I want to see him get drafted by Team LeBron again. You know, I just like players like LeBron laughing and joking with Jokic and like having a good time. And I think I, I, I completely expect that they'll still have like the draft with like LeBron so. and whoever. Yeah. I think they will. I'll, I think they'll still put together teams and maybe just not play, but like, should they play? I've seen a lot of negativity coming from this and I don't blame anybody for feeling that way uh, I mean, about the NBA, maybe playing this exhibition game. We're playing a 72 game basketball season, right? And like, yeah. I don't know, I'm a big fan of all-star game. Like this is one Same. more game in a very long season and it's going to now be for a good cause. Like I'm, I'm in favor of it. Like, and it's probably going to be, it's going to be a more meaningful game than like a Monday night game with the uh, nuggets and Mavericks. I think, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. An all-star, like, you know, it's, I feel like it's more than just a game, like the selections, right? Like that's how you look back in part on people's careers and stuff. And like you said, like, yeah. you know, who's getting drafted where by which captain. So like, I don't know. I feel like, um, like, yeah, like in an ideal world, like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like every little thing we're doing now, it's like, you could say, Oh, like, do we really need to do this? But I feel like if you're criticizing like the all-star game, having it, it's like, you know, you could just as easily criticize any of like the other 72 games that are played by each team. So I That's feel like it's, it's, you know, might as well go for it. Who knows? Maybe players get like vaccinated or something by then. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the NBA said they're not going to skip the line for vaccinations. Who knows what they'll end up doing? I mean, the league's already had to cancel, I think, a couple dozen games, maybe more like approaching 30 games. Um, and those will be made up, I think, eventually, unless there's too many of them to make them up but i i totally like i'm in favor of it too i want to see an all-star game i also get the other side of like what are the optics of this but you're, it is one game if you're you're not going to allow fans or maybe there will be super small amount of fans allowed maybe they'll do like the super bowl and give the tickets to healthcare workers maybe every single fan at that game will have been vaccinated because they're healthcare workers that might be something that lowers the risk i think you can do it safely I think there's a way to do this. Uh, the players are getting tested, like, I think two times a day on game days. They're getting tested every other day. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure. 
I think another criticism is like, you can just donate to HBCUs and COVID relief without having an exhibition game. I get that. Uh, but it would be fun. I, I know that there's the, the, some people think it's just like not true that like sports help bring together and we all need sports right now. I don't think that's so much the case in this situation because sports are back, but like, I do think stuff like this is a lot of fun to watch. It'd be a Sunday night, like any other year, just, you know, a few hours to, if it's anything like last year's game, it's going to be fun as hell. Yeah. Um, So we'll see where this goes. If the players want to play, then they'll play. I'm sure. I'm sure the NBA is going to be behind this because it'll make them some money. They'll be able to donate to these causes. And uh, if the players don't want that break from March 5th to the 10th, you know, I'm sure this will happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and yeah, I feel like the risk um, there's going to be a risk for sure, but like, it's going to be a lot of like guys like flying, you know, directly there and back, you know, like Jokic, maybe if we get lucky Murray, They'll be on like a team plane. Probably Gonna have to get real there, lucky at this point. Stay in a hotel, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, and fly back. You know, play a game. Like I don't know. It is a risk. I just feel like let let's do it. It's I I want to see it because I love watching All Star games. And you're right. This is part of these players' legacies. And there's still gonna be a team. There's still gonna be a draft. But it's nice to actually get to watch the game be played. So NBA maintenance this week. We have some great news actually today. It was announced today by the Indiana Pacers. Newly acquired Karis LeVert had successful surgery on Monday to treat renal cell carcinoma of his left kidney. No further treatment will be required. The surgery got rid of LeVert's cancer and he is expected to make a full recovery. I, When the trade went down, he is part of the James Harden trade. I thought this was a great pickup for Indiana. Uh, but this is even better for Karis LeVert, obviously. I'm glad he got traded when he did. Uh, as we know, the physical had to be completed in order for the trade to be official. And that's when Karis LeVert found out that he had uh, this kidney cancer. I think they found it super early. So very good news. Um, I hope that Karis LeVert gets well soon. Second story, according to Shams or Shams, I, I've never fully known. It's Shams, right? That sounds right. But yeah, according, now that you according, ask, I don't know. Yeah. According to Sham Sharania of The Athletic, the Pelicans have received calls on and are open to trading both Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick. Ben, what do you think? Will Barton for J.J. Redick? I'd do that. I Just yep, another shooter, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I've wanted J.J. for a couple of years now uh, on the Nuggets. I think he'd be perfect. I mean, anybody who can shoot as well as he does, and I think he's a pretty capable defender, um, he's a little bit older now, but he's he's he'd be a great vet and a great like capable still player to have in that locker room. Fitting him around Jokic would be amazing. I actually yeah. think Lonzo would be a pretty good fit as well. Really, uh, he's a good playmaker. He's a good playmaker. He's a really yeah. good. Uh, he's a really good. I think he's an improved three point shooter. He's still young as hell too. He's got to be what like twenty three or younger. Yeah, probably twenty three is probably about right. Yeah, yeah but but like. And he's really good defensively. He's a long guy. That's he could play true. the two or three. I mean, if PJ Dozier is playing the three, Lonzo Ball could play it. PJ Dozier yeah. got hurt last night, uh, hamstring strain. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. But listen, I'm I'd Alonzo. rather have JJ. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm a Lonzo apologist. I just feel like the Nuggets have too many guys that like can handle the ball and like 
make plays for other people and uh you can't have need, too many of those guys. we need uh the jj reddit guys that just jj finishers, would be great so yeah and listen the the pelicans have a great gm and david griffin so i'm sure we'd get fleeced in any trade that we attempted <laughs> here but like so it wouldn't be jj for for barton you know we'd have to include something else uh we haven't talked about bull bull there's no way bull bull would be involved in a jj reddick trade but uh yeah, shout, yeah, out yeah, bull bull. <laughs> shout out bull bull shout out bull so just one last thing, Ben, um, one year ago today, it's the anniversary. If you want to call it an anniversary, that seems celebratory. This is not, of course, Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant passed away in that helicopter cl- crash along with seven others on the way to one of Gigi's games. I'm just going to mention the others too, because sometimes it seems like uh, people only talk about Kobe and Gigi, John Kerry and Alyssa Altobelli, Sarah and Peyton Chester, Christina Mauser and Ara Zobayan. Um, we were talking before we got on. This kind of seems like one of those things that simultaneously feels like it just happened and also feels like it happened years ago at the same time. One year ago is pretty crazy. Um, I was shocked when I heard the news. My sister called me. I was on the way back to Denver from my hometown, Rapid City. Yeah, it, it, it was just surprising. The Nuggets had the first game uh, of the day after that. I think the... Lakers and Clippers canceled their games that day. As far as I remember, that was the only one, but just wanted to mention that and uh, RIP Kobe Bryant and Gigi and the other seven that were involved in that crash. Um, I've seen quite a few cool tributes today to Kobe. I really wish he was still here. So that is it for the Patty Melt Boys. Thank you all for listening. Please like and subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a rating and a review if you enjoy the show. Only if you enjoy the show, Ben. Do not rate us and review us if you dislike the show. Please give us a follow. Yet, right? No, not yet. No. <laughs> Please give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter as well, where we are at Patty Melt Boys. We will talk to you next time. And yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. <laughs>